0: Welcome to Enter the Critic. Once every other week, we talk about new movies, both in theaters and on Netflix, along with trailers and news. Uh, my name is Chris Klump. With me, as always, is...
1: The venerable Matt Shape.
0: Oh. Classy. <laughs> and, of course, Parker Lindstrom, working the ones and twos.
1: <laughs> like, just... Just but hovering laboring over that laboring mic. himself over the microphone.
2: I just, I just have something to say. <laughs> so I apologize to all the people out there. I'm using Matt's computer because mine is getting fixed, and the audio quality is not to what I...
0: It's it's not to your incredibly yeah, high standards. Basically, he's failed the
1: show.
2: Yes, I and,
1: have failed. Uh, we're looking for someone else.
0: Yeah, we're looking for somebody. We're looking for somebody <laughs> who a has all the equipment we need. B the time to you know record and see the facility to do it in his basement. So uh,
1: well, you get to keep the job. <laughs> <laughs> looks like looks like Parker <laughs> keeps job. the
2: job. because
0: I literally now, know no we, one else who can do we, all that.
2: We have to accept all of your failures. All right. uh, let me just say that since I have monitor and it's at a millisecond delay it makes me talk kind <laughs> of slow stop.
1: great, <laughs> great. so we have that to look so forward
2: when too, i well. interject <laughs> it's
0: the few people who do be listen great. hey guys listen it. i listen to the podcast did parker have a
1: stroke <laughs> hey I think it's cool that you let a producer on the show that has autism. That's great.
2: Hey, guys. um, just, I
1: think... Just stop!
2: Why is your latest episode two and a
0: half hours long?
1: Our producer just kept talking really
0: sad. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we are going to be talking about uh, Jurassic Park 3D, uh, yeah. The Adventures of Tintin, <laughs> Meeting Evil, and the new uh, 2013 Evil Dead. But it's a before good, it's we a good lineup, it's a be, good lineup. Before we get into that, let's get into some news here. All right, the headline: Star Wars Episode Seven opens summer 2015. New Star Wars movie every year after that.
1: So everyone that couldn't wait for Greedo, who shot first? You, you're finally going to get your wish. That's right, that's right. You're going to get your Greedo spin. According,
0: according to the article here, it says they are going to be releasing two to three new Star Wars movies every year. Two so, to, wait, two to three every Two year? to three. I, I thought it was I like am, one a year. No, I am reading this off. According to Kathleen Kennedy, her, the studio's intention oh. is to release two to three new <laughs> movies every year. Great. So we are going to see every single, So like every single... Even non-main character, just any character at all. So if you wanted to see IG-88's backstory, which Which nobody
1: did. Which is actually awesome. Oh, is it? It is actually really freaking awesome. What is that, a comic that that I haven't read? It almost takes over the entire second Death Star. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Okay, no, see? Now I'm I'm excited. I'm fine with that. If, there, you wanted to see what, if you people... wanted to see what happens to Boba Fett in the side of the belly of the Sarlacc...
1: <laughs> and how he gets out, according
0: to we're to... The... We're, we're go- like,
1: I... Here's the thing, though. They've said they're not... They've basically said they're not going to be shackled down by what's written in the extended universe, which is basically, in my eyes, them saying, like, hey, all you authors that have been slaving over and trying to contribute something to this mythology... Big middle finger to you, my friends, because well, we're just going to do our own stuff.
0: Well, technically, uh, the extended universe is not canon. So
1: it tech yes, it is. No, it it's had not. George Lucas's approval.
0: No, George Lucas. Uh, there was very... Lucas
1: Film logos on Lucas their shit. Film
0: was very adamant in saying that just because it's in print does not make it canon. It is oh, only okay. canon if it shows up within the movies.
1: That's so dumb.
0: I know it's dumb. It's George
1: Lucas. Yeah. Oh, Here's the thing. I keep telling myself, like, well, whatever they do, it'll be better than the prequels. <laughs> oh, well, they're going to disregard all the good storylines. That's fine. I'm sure it'll be better than the prequels. Oh, they're going to do more than just the actual movies. That's fine. I'm sure they'll have. Oh, two to three every year. <laughs> okay. That that worries me. The two, two to, to three, three every, every year. That's impossibly making each one good. That that is an impossibility. It doesn't matter who's making them. You could bring back Kubrick and have him (laughs) making three Star Wars (laughs) movies a year, and one of them would be utter shit. It's just the law of movie making. That's
0: beyond excessive. I'm hoping that I'm just misunderstanding this article, but it says I thought it it was one every year. Intention to release two to three movies every (sighs) year, but even one movie a year is too much. It's it's so like people are going to get so sick of Star Wars. Right. I never thought I'd say too that. Too
1: much of a good thing, my friends. Exactly. It happens with the, even the best of things. So, so come on. Who who knows,
0: who knows where they're going to go with it? I mean, but the fact is we're just going <sighs> to get, get him, so I'm going to see them
1: all. Like, of course I am. So they know they're going to make money.
0: Right. I just I'm you don't Disney. Get it. Yeah. So, all right, well, moving on. To uh, some, of course, every week it seems we got to talk about a a new remake in the works.
1: <laughs> oh, good!
0: <laughs> Weird Science remake in the works. The classic John Hughes. Um, that was I don't John even Hughes, know what to huh? call. Yes, it was a John Hughes film, written and directed by John Hughes. One of his weaker films, in my opinion. I Not never. His I never
1: saw it, and I never cared to. So. It.
0: It was. Okay, I didn't think it was
1: great. It Seemed too much like a teenage uh, like wet dream type movie. There was definitely if I can that. Say that. Um like just like oh, man. Now, no, no, there,
0: there was quite a bit that was great about the movie. Uh, first off, soundtrack by Oingo Boingo. Oh. <laughs> How do you go wrong with that? You That's don't. Good. That's the answer. Um but other than the vacation movies which are getting a, a reboot Hollywood has stayed away from John Hughes films. I mean, we haven't seen a Breakfast Club remake or a Ferris Bueller's Day Off remake. So I'm kind of shocked that they're going with Weird Science first. They are getting the gentleman who wrote the 21 Jump Street remake. Which was or good. Or Reboot. It was good. Um, to write this one. And they want to go for an edgier R-rated Weird Science. Uh, what's the first? Which is again not the way to go, in my opinion.
1: So what? Like she's gonna be like naked in it or something? I guess. Or is she gonna be like a serial killer rapist? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're blending. We're blending this? weird science with Saul. <laughs> how do you make it gritty and, and R rated?
0: That's where we're going with this. Like, what do they even mean by that? I don't. Okay. I don't know because the, the original film was a lot of things, and gritty was not one of them. No. And then also, who do you get to play the character that's played by Anthony Michael Hall? Who is this day and age Anthony Michael Hall? Uh,
1: Michael C. Hall. <laughs> because he has a similar name. Okay. <laughs> that's my only reasoning. <laughs> yes, Ow, here! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to play Dexter in it. Yeah, there you go. It,
0: it'll, be, it'll be a, 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 a spin off. Instead of creating.
1: A woman that you know entertains him and loves him—he's just going to create um, Dexter. <laughs> yeah, he's going to create a version of himself that uh, kills people. No,
0: I—I I don't know. Again, with with all remakes, my answer to this is—we'll eh, see. We'll see if it works. All right, and the final piece of news that I wanted to talk about here: Rocket Raccoon is the heart Rocket of Guardians Raccoon of the Galaxy.
1: When into his room. Only to find the cosmic cube.
0: Alright, nice <laughs> nice pause to cut that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice long pause long, so long we can pause. cut that out of the show.
0: So, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie was announced uh, I think last year and it is going to be directed by James Gunn. And part of the Lineup of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book is, of course, this character named uh, the Rocket Raccoon, who is, in fact, a intelligent, gun-toting space raccoon. Uh, that's as much as I know about Rocket Raccoon. I've never read a comic with him in it. I've never played him in any video game. I mean, I know he shows up in one of the Marvel vs. Capcoms, but I've never played it. All I know is that he is a super intelligent spacefaring raccoon with a... With giant guns. Yeah, with giant like rocket launchers. And I'm looking at the concept art, and it just looks awesome <laughs> to see this raccoon running around with like a laser shotgun.
1: Now, have they announced who's voicing him? Not yet. Because I Not know there was yet. heavy talk of him being voiced by um, H. John Benjamin.
0: What else has uh H John? I'm 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 Oh I'm H John
1: Benjamin is like a very like prominent voice actor. He's Archer, he's Bob's burgers, home movies, uh what else? Oh,
0: okay, okay. Now I know who you're talking about. You talk, yes, okay.
1: Talks really low. Okay. Sarcastically all the time. No,
0: they they haven't confirmed I'm just going over it real quick here. They haven't confirmed anything about who's voicing him yet. But they're saying he's going to be a prominent prominent character. Hmm in the movie. So, more I don't know than, if, more than just
1: comic relief in other words. No, yeah,
0: he's definitely going to be one of the main main characters and I, I don't know if the mainstream audience is ready for a talking super you intelligent know, spacefaring warfare. with laser with laser weapons. guns. But... Yeah, I'm all for it. I hey, think why it's not? Be,
1: I think it's going to be if not one of the best it's going to be one of the most different of, of the Marvel films thus far. Yeah. And Ant-Man, yeah. which is coming out. Those are going to throw people I for never, a loop.
0: I never thought I'd see an Ant-Man movie. I said, well, if they're going to do it Avengers, they're going to avoid Ant-Man. Nope.
1: <laughs> nope. And I'm excited for that because of the personnel involved. So.
0: All right.
2: Also, the implications of that means that Hank Pym's going to be a major character. Right. Like in the, in the Avengers next Avenge, universe, Avengers universe. Which
1: means... Yeah. Makes it awesome. Which means... We're going to get a great Tyler Perry-esque romance movie in which, uh, what's-her-face, the Wasp, deals with the, the pains of uh, of an abusive husband. Oh, uh, be, uh, yeah, because... Directed by Tyler Perry. Because basically, basically,
0: Hank Pym, if I'm not mistaken, Hank Pym is a less likable version of Tony Stark,
1: <laughs> where Tony Stark's drunk... or, um, uh, uh, what's-his-face, yeah, Mr. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, where he's... Well, Mr. What's Fantastic isn't an abusive drunk, uh, but he's a genius. Whereas like Hank Pym Hank is an Pym's a abusive drunk genius. And he's an abusive drunk. <laughs> Yay, comics are for kids, guys. Remember that. Comics are for kids.
1: <laughs> Enter the comic critic. Oh, Always Lord. a fun hour of discussion.
0: So. Alright, well that, that about wraps it up for news. Uh so before we get to the movies, though, let's let's talk about some trailers. Uh we saw three trailers that we wanted to talk about. The first one was a trailer that we saw at the beginning of uh, Evil Dead called The Conjuring. Mm. This was a particularly interesting trailer, the one we saw in the theaters. It was less like a trailer and more like just an excerpt. It was almost like a Yeah, it was almost
1: like a lifted scene with a little bit of introduction.
0: Yeah, it was like a two, two and a half minute trailer where it was all done in one scene for the most part. Where it showed a woman who had obviously just bought a new house, an old, you know, an older home but new to her family, uh, walking around, playing this bizarre kind of weird hide and go seek game with her kid, where she blindfolds herself and then the kid
1: claps, which is just irresponsible. Yeah, like,
0: absolutely irresponsible. <laughs>
1: you shouldn't blind yourself when in the presence of your children if you're uh, yep. their only parent.
0: And then she hears clapping in one room or kids in another, and it's kind of freaky.
1: And and she like looks in a closet where she hears the clapping. Coming and you from. see the hands
0: come out and clap. Yeah. That was another thing that was really kind of weird. Is like You would see the hands come out right. and clap. Later on, she hears the clapping at night. She goes down in the basement. The lights go out. She's locked in the basement. And you see the hands come out and clap, and clap right next to which her
1: head. I, I was sitting next oh, to her Oh, you Chris. were sitting right next to me,
0: and you jumped and kind of yelped. <laughs>
1: I I I I definitely got a little bit of a scare from that. That was pretty good. Yeah. Is this by who's this by? Who's doing this? I don't know off the top of my head. Let me take a look. The same guy who did Insidious, I believe. I, I can't didn't... remember his name.
0: Uh, let's see here. Directed by James Wan. Come on, IMDb, faster. Saw.
1: Oh, okay. okay. And Insidious and yeah, Deadly okay, yeah, 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 Saw and Insidious, yeah.
0: And he's in talks for Fast and Furious 7. (laughs) Nice. Now, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just seeing that now on IMDb. So we saw that trailer, and the movie looked... I mean, it's obviously scary. You you jumped, I jumped. I mean, that part of it was. It looked scary. Then I saw another trailer on YouTube later on that week. I checked out the second theatrical trailer. And the movie... That trailer makes this movie look like every other Haunted House movie ever made. No, that's disappointing. I instantly lost any and all excitement for the film.
1: Well, unfortunately, a lot of those trailers that they lift entire scenes are just giving you like the premiere Mm -hmm. moment of the movie, and then you find out the rest is just sort of standard affair. Yeah,
0: the other trailer I saw shows... Two investigators uh. coming out and one of them's a psychic and she can anytime that she gets into that she can feel the, the evil oh, presence. I'm like, come this on. is this is Cookie Cutter, Haunted House. We've seen this a thousand times. Why
1: does it need to be like dissected and explained? Why can't it just be why can't it just be like a small time frame? You know, a horror movie doesn't need to be longer than like than an hour and twenty minutes if you're doing your job. If
0: you've seen if you've seen movies like um, *The Innkeepers*, which Haven't is a horror it. film that I I kind of enjoyed, um, made by the same director as *House of the Devil*, which is another horror film that like is just perfect. Yeah. Um, *The Innkeepers* takes place over one night, and there is one scene where there's someone who claims to be a psychic, but the whole time you're like, is she really a psychic? Yeah, or is she just faking it? And most of it is simply played through. The eyes of a girl who wants to believe she's a ghost hunter but honestly has never seen anything. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see a haunted house movie like that where it's just the family being plagued and terrorized in one single evening instead of they have to call in an investigative team and the team doesn't believe them. But they end up getting roped into it, and then some crazy stuff goes down. But they're still not sure. And it's like horror again. movies
1: are so much better when they just take you for a ride. Exactly. Um, and that it's often easier to do that if if there's less explanation and backtracking, mm-hmm. and it just throws you into something, and you're just along with the characters, and you have no idea what the hell's exactly. going on. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Or. Again, with the cookie cutter aspect, they're gonna find out that something happened there, probably with the fa- you know a kid in the, right. the previous family, and then ugh, it's just again a standard haunted house film. So I was excited at first, and then I saw a second trailer and went, ugh, never mind. This movie looks not good. So well, we also saw a trailer for we've seen a couple trailers for the new Tom Cruise movie called Oblivion a yeah. post apocalyptic I don't, I don't even know how to describe it like post apocalyptic almost sci-fi yeah uh,
1: adventure whatever what have you i mean i've been yeah i've been seeing these trailers for a while now and the same question i always have to ask is where are the elder scrolls like where <laughs> i don't understand the tie in there i mean but whatever I no. never, I never played those games, so I, I assume I, it has to do with it somehow.
0: I, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> my my <laughs> question, video game my, jokes. My, my My question is: If this is a post-apocalyptic uh, world where there the humanity, if you've seen the trailer, Tom uh, Tom Cruise is doing something on on Earth where you know everybody's left Earth apparently, and then Cause there was a out,
1: war, the humans won. But, but the Earth was, like, decimated, destroyed.
0: Yeah, so so he, he still hangs out on Earth as, like, his job is to do something on Earth. They don't really say. He's running around with this cool-looking He's, gun. He's, like,
1: scouting, making sure everything's
0: cool. And then he runs into Morgan Freeman and a, a whole group of people who are, I guess, survivors on Earth. Yeah. And every shot, every shot in every trailer I've seen, it shows Morgan Freeman firing up a match and lighting a cigar. And my first <laughs> or question Or firing was, a gun. My first question is always, in a post-apocalyptic Earth where nothing is growing, how does he have pristine cigars hey, he's got that, that are that, still He's got, got, got
1: that stockpile, man. Uh,
0: yeah. This movie, it looks like... I, I i i call this kind of trailer some trailer foo, where the movie's probably garbage, but the trailer yeah, yeah, looks decent. neat. The,
1: the, re- the early reviews are in. It's It's getting decent reviews.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm fully prepared to eat my words when I see it cuz I'm going to see it.
1: I don't think it's going to be great. I think it'll be good.
0: And then the last trailer we saw was Rush. Rush. A uh movie about Formula 1
1: racing, European Formula 1 um, racing, yep.
0: My my first thought is the movie looks really dramatic, looks really it's interesting. Directed by Ron Howard, we should Yes, mention that. yes, directed so by Ron Howard starring why. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs>
1: He's not one to skimp on the drama. No,
0: no, he's not. He's a, a, a fantastic director. Yeah. However, it's Formula One racing. We don't care about that in America. If this was NASCAR. Oh, yeah. If they somehow tried to make it a, a dramatic NASCAR Ronan film. Ron
1: Howard, you're, you're from that old show with uh, Andy Griffin. Andy Griffin. <laughs> <How> come- <laughs> wait, wait to
0: drop the ball there, Matt.
1: I don't remember things, uh-huh. much less much less decades before I was born. You were <laughs> on that good old show with Danny Griffin. How you turning against America and not using our racing car sport? Uh, that's because Formula One racing is so much cooler than NASCAR. It's because it's so much more dangerous. I mean, they make it blatant. They they say this a number of times, a number of times in the trailer, in the, in the trailer that it's trailer. dangerous. That is incredibly that this dangerous. That's kind of what the movie's about. That you know, any given race could be your last. Yep.
0: And that's it, it is apparently based on a true story. Yeah. Um. And if if you haven't seen this trailer, which I I wouldn't be surprised if you hadn't, because I hadn't seen it until it was pointed out to us. It, yeah, uh, by
1: G Unit Jeffrey Lawton, as they call him on Ninjas vs Podcast. That's right.
0: It looks it looks pretty interesting. I was actually surprised how interesting and uh, it looked. Oh, no, um, it'll be good. So
1: when's when's the last time Ron Howard's made a bad movie? I can't. I can't. I think can't of think one of one. <laughs> all of his, of his movies have one. been really good, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna see it. It'll be good.
0: But all right, well, let's move on and start getting into some films. Uh, mm-hmm. the first, first film that we wanted to talk about, just briefly, just wanted to, to touch on it was Jurassic Park 3D, which we both mm-hmm. saw in IMAX. I know you are a huge fan of I Jurassic am, Park.
1: I am. It is definitely a top five movie for me. Uh. Yeah, it was good. It was I mean, it was, is, is it
0: better than Baz Lerman films? Is it up there higher?
1: <laughs> slightly behind Baz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. Um, right. But slightly slightly above Moulin Rouge. Slightly, okay. Just slightly. Okay. Right. Because it's it's hard to compare. So what did Our what pro- did you think of this? Our producer Parker Lindström was totally ignoring this. Yep. Um okay. what did uh, yeah, what did I think?
0: What did you of? think of this of this? Post-3D production.
1: I pretty much had the same opinion as as far as the presentation, the utilization of IMAX 3D. I had the same opinion that I have every time I go to see a, a, a 3D movie in IMAX, which is, wow, this sounds awesome. This 3D is kind of cool. And then 40 minutes later, I continue saying, wow, I love the sound. And I totally forget that it's in 3D. Uh-huh. That's, that's just, I realize that might be kind of a unique experience that I have, but I, no matter how good the 3D is, whether or not it's post-processed, or whether it's like Avatar, everything's filmed digitally in 3D, I always forget that a movie's in 3D like 40, 45 minutes in, and I'm, I just I just watch it. I, I'm the
0: same way. Um, after watching, I, I haven't seen too many movies in 3D, but I saw... Some of the the ones that everybody said, oh, if you're gonna see a 3D movie, you know, right. see this. So I've seen like Prometheus in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after a while, you're like, oh, that's that's some neat. It, unless they do some really stupid gimmicky
1: stuff, which you don't want to do. No, then which it you takes do not you out of it. To do it.
0: Now this movie, when it uh, obviously it was done in, I believe 1995, four four. So it was not the cinematography and 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 uh, the camera placement was not intended for 3d right so there were some scenes where the 3d i felt didn't work specifically anytime a raptor showed up because they always had the focus in the background yeah you know of what you're looking at like the kids running somewhere and then in the foreground a raptor head would just come up and in 2d it works great in 3d you're like ow what the hell (laughs) but all in all i thought the i thought the 3d worked pretty well again the the movie's fantastic i mean we all knew that um and seeing it in imax was totally the way to do it just because of the sound the sound was the
1: big big thing for me um one of the things that really stand out uh stood out for me is the t-rex scene because it's so loud. Oh, absolutely. And the bass is so mm-hmm. powerful in, in IMAX that f- for the first time, probably since I saw that movie as a child, I jumped in that yeah, scene. Yeah, it, it kind of caught me off guard. I cringed a little bit because of how ridiculous it sounded. Yeah. Um,
0: one of the things that I'm surprised at, we were looking at probably one of the first major motion pictures to use CGI. Right, um,
1: after like Terminator 2 and stuff like that.
0: Right, Um, and it was, I mean, this CGI now is, what, 20 years old? Mm, yep. And it, hel- it holds it's up now. better than a lot of CGI that absolutely. comes out like now.
1: <laughs> absolutely, and, you know, that's really, it's really the movie as a whole stands up well. Oh, absolutely, not, I mean, it, absolutely. Uh, it was aged wonderfully. Yeah, I went with one friend, uh, Michael... Who we've talked about before on the show, yes. and he pointed out that it doesn't really feel like a '90s movie. No, it doesn't not at feel all. like a movie that's made in the '90s. It just feels like a really good movie, and uh, yeah, the CGI. Really, the only thing that I ever pick up on that that seems a little cheap is the very first dinosaur you see, which is the brachiosaurus. Mm-hmm. Just because of the juxtaposition between the actors and this large thing that's like right in front of right. them, it looks a little outdated because. But... Of Because of them lining up with it.
0: But that shot, especially in early CGI, that is a ballsy shot because it it is is in the middle of the day Mm -hmm. uh, and it's heavily lit. Mm -hmm. When you do CGI, you almost always want it to be, especially heavy CGI, you want it to be at night in in the dark and you want it to be raining.
1: And right, that so covers up cover any problem. detail. That's yeah. why
0: the T Rex looks so good as it shot at night. Well, and, and, a, and
1: again, a lot of the T Rex was also a uh, uh, puppet, a robot. Yeah. yeah,
0: but with the CGI, kind of right. it was the blending of the two, yeah. which I just think is yeah. So the Brachiosaurus part, that part hasn't aged quite, so, but it hasn't aged poorly. Like, no, it, didn't it still looks like a
1: it still looks like a movie that would be put out today, like mm-hmm. a, a yeah. maybe a, not a true blockbuster, right? Um. Yeah, the Raptors I'm always taken aback because a lot of that a, a lot of that is CGI and I'm I mean, always taken aback by how good they look. Yeah, it just looks amazing. So,
0: but yeah, just I absolutely love that movie. Can't talk enough about it, but we have. <laughs> so, I don't
1: know, I could probably go for another hour. <laughs> moving on. We shouldn't.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about a movie you saw on Netflix instant play that called I The did.
1: Adventures of Tintin. That I did. Uh The Adventures of Tintin It is directed by Steven Spielberg, produced by Peter Jackson. It was kind of co-directed and produced by them both, but I think Spielberg has the official um, director's credit. It is based, of course, on the Adventures of Tintin uh, comic strip, which was written by the French writer-artist... I'm going to say you pronounce his name Hergé. Sure. H-E-R-G and then the... The pointy e, <laughs> however, that you say that in French. And it stars Jamie Bell, who hasn't been in too much as the the voice of Tintin. Andy Circus, of course, uh, who has sort of made a living out of being a motion capture. Yeah, actor. he is
0: he is the motion capture actor. Uh,
1: I should mention, by the uh, way, that Daniel movie, Craig is also yeah right. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig is in it as the uh, Red Recum, the villain. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are in it, hmm, cool. uh, which is, I didn't even know that until I, I read that afterwards. And a big part of that is probably because um, one of the writers of this film that did a lot of the second drafts and touch-ups was um, Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah, okay. So, after hearing that, you should just go watch it. With all, of the, all those people involved in one movie, you know it's going to be pretty solid, and it, it is more than solid. It is a motion-capture CGI animated film. However, it does not suffer from the uh, Zemeckis zombification of actors. I was going to ask, does it have the of, of of Zemeckis on it? Yeah, no. Uh, you know, one of the good criticisms of this movie was that it actually did a, a really fine job with the facial expressions and the emotions of the characters. It really, yeah, it's it's definitely the best mocap film that I've seen I would I would say um, it nothing looks really out of place or uncomfortable. It's probably the most beautiful CGI film I've seen in some respects, uh, at least in in terms of like realism. I guess really okay. Um, Okay. Some of the landscapes are just drop dead gorgeous in the film, and and it's all just very colorful. Like it, it really captures the feeling of like an old school comic. I feel because okay. everything's just like full of color and very livid.
0: Now, the only other full, what I would consider like a full CGI movie that was looked really good was Avatar. So how does it hold up compared to something like that?
1: Yeah, but Ava- Avatar is a little different because it still features, you know, real actors. Right. Uh, it was actually, interestingly enough, uh, Tintin was filmed on the same soundstage as Avatar. Oh, okay. Um, go it's ahead.
2: probably similar to um, Beowulf, that Oh,
0: yeah, okay which okay. it was
1: also Zemeckis I think that was yeah that was, yeah, was Zemeckis's Zemeckis Mo-Cap.
0: mocap yeah which again
1: looked, Beowulf looked good but it suffered from the until you got actors. to the eyes yeah it, it had the dead eyes which this movie uh, the facial expressions are done really well and I feel like they took a lot of time on that because they had realized what a problem that had been in the past with some of these right, similar right. films um, so visually
0: it's spectacular how does it hold up on the the story the story in the
1: film and, uh it's great. As far as comparisons, and I found out how apt this was later, the closest film that I can think of to it is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? It captures that mood of, of adventure and danger and constant discovery. It is Raiders of, of which makes sense because it's Spielberg. But, right, right, right. But more so than any of his other movies since then, it captures that feeling of just the joy and, and thrill of adventure. That you get when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark oh, for the first wow. time, and, and that's really how this film comes across to me. Even though it's CGI motion capture, it it really comes across as a sort of spiritual successor to those Indiana Jones films. Hmm, okay. um, so if you're you, if you're yearning for a, a really great sequel to Indiana Jones and you haven't seen The Crystal Skull yet, why don't you go ahead and skip that movie and watch this one? Um, it's on Netflix probably for an, at least a year now it was at just least, added yeah. in december i believe but one of the reasons why i said that comparison is so apt is that spielberg actually had wanted to make this movie shortly after he did raiders of the lost ark
0: I, yeah I, I knew he had wanted to do this for yeah. a long time yeah
1: because apparently he made raiders of the lost ark Hergé, the you know the maker of the original tintin yeah, comics yeah. saw that movie and said Oh wow you would make uh, such a great director for my comics. Can't go and, uh, an episode without you doing a <laughs> shitty <laughs> accent. <All laughs> right. Come on, it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's so it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> he's going with it. Beautiful. Um No, he he basically said if there's anyone that's going to, because he had had different people come to him with offers to do a movie, and he said, no, if anyone's going to do a great adaptation, it's going to be Spielberg. And Spielberg was like, wow, that'd be great. I would love, I love the comics. Mm -hmm. It'd be great to do that. And shortly after this had sort of been talked about, Hergé died. His wife sort of had known about this and and basically gave Spielberg the blessing and rights to, to make a movie. And I guess at the time, Spielberg got caught up with different projects. He tried to do it once in the 90s. He didn't like the scripts, and he didn't like the idea. He he, he even back then sort of said, I don't want this really to be a live-action movie, but I also don't necessarily want it to be a cartoon. Right. And then I guess it was decided in the early 2000s that he really wanted to do like a CGI version and, mm. um, you know... Peter Jackson he got on board with it and was really excited about it and I I know they are planning to continue the series which I think is a good idea because I'm sure there's a wealth of stories there. Right. I know this one combines a couple of the uh storylines of the comic but it does it very well. Yeah, not much else I can I can say about this movie other than if you haven't watched it yet on Netflix, it's a great it's a great viewing whether you just are you know by yourself and hunkering for some Action adventure, or it's a great movie to watch with the family. It's a PG rating, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I actually was curious about this movie because for a long time, I know for for me personally, I've always wanted to see what Spielberg would do if he tackled a an animated film, mm-hmm. and I was hoping he would go more of a traditional animation route. Yeah, but this also sounds really interesting to see how he would take you know because Spielberg. Throughout his career, is always big on the cutting edge of what's next in right. filmmaking.
1: Well, Jurassic would say, Park
0: being an example of that. Like, I
1: would say this is cutting edge in the sense that it's one of the. It does not feel at all like an animated film. It feels it feels like a live action film. Okay. It, you know, when you say that you'd like to see how he would handle an animated film. He makes it seem like one of his he other makes it movies, seem like like, a, like like an and, uh, and he intentionally yeah he intentionally did that so because I believe he used camera work moving and rotating camera work that you don't often see even in CGI films he purposefully implemented that in the filming of of this movie to give it sort of like an air of of, of adventurous realism hmm, now it okay. doesn't feel gritty in its realism it, it's obviously still very colorful and beautiful because of what you can do with cgi in that respect but as far as how it feels uh, the movement and the the scenes and the the uh, you know the camera work it all kind of moves exactly like a a, a live action film oh, okay all right
0: well yeah then Sounds good. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out. I didn't have time this week to watch it, and I'm now regretting Yeah, that I didn't have time to watch it.
1: I give it thirty five out of forty stolen wallets okay. by uh oh, what's that character's name? There's a character that uh is a notorious uh kleptomaniac that uh frost and pegs uh characters S- somehow avoid catching multiple times hmm. they basically play bumbling uh british uh detectives that can't <laughs> solve any crimes for the life of them
0: well that that sounds like a, a a fantastic movie that i should have watched instead
1: shame on you
0: instead i watched meeting evil <laughs> a 2012 um i don't know if i'd call it independent but it didn't make it to theaters It was on magnet release, so I guess, yeah, kind of independent film, starring Luke Wilson and Sam Jackson. Uh, I'm just going to read the blurb here. John is taken on a murder-fueled ride with a mysterious stranger that transforms the weak-willed, disillusioned husband and father into a desperate hero willing to go any length to protect his family. Directed by Chris Fisher and written by Chris Fisher. Luke Wilson plays John, the disenfranchised father and husband. And Sam Jackson plays a gentleman by the name of Richie, the murder-fueled psychopath.
1: Sam Jackson playing a murder-fueled psychopath?
0: Imagine that.
1: What an odd role choice. I know, I (laughs) know.
0: This movie is 89 minutes of boring action. And I don't know how they pulled that off. (laughs) 89 minutes of watching Sam Jackson murder people for seemingly no reason, and Luke Wilson just going along with it for also seemingly no reason. Cool. Basically the whole time, Sam Jackson just picks Luke Wilson up at his house. Uh, Luke Wilson is... So it's a date movie. Kinda. Um, No, that's... (laughs) Kind
1: of. It really is. Okay.
0: Luke Wilson is playing a guy who is down on his luck. He is a uh, realtor who has just been fired literally that morning when the movie starts. He's, like, going home. He has a fight with his wife. They don't have any money. You see, like, not eviction notices, but, like, foreclosure notices on his house. And Sam Jackson just rolls up in a car, tells him his car won't start. Asked him to, like, push start it for him. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, a manual so you can pop start it. And then Luke Wilson just jumps into his car for no reason. And then drives around with this guy for no reason. The whole time, Richie seems to know an awful lot about John, Luke Wilson's character. He knows, like, you know, he knows his name first off. He knows his wife's name. And so the whole time, I'm thinking... Sam Jackson must be the devil. Like, this is going to be one of those movies that at the end it's going to yeah. be revealed, like, okay, Sam Jackson's actually the devil, because he's obsessed with being invited to things. He keeps asking John if he can do things for him, if he can do favors for him. And I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, he must be the de- like the personification of the devil. Yeah. Which would have been a whole lot interesting than what actually happened, which is... He's just a regular guy. <laughs> He's just some dude who's just obsessed with. No- this movie feels like a whole lot of scenes that are happening for so no reason. So just is a
1: man crush on Luke Wilson.
0: Well, there's a there's a, a, a twist. Okay. And I, I use the word in in the most loosest of sense because
1: you, you can say spoiler right now and give it away. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. And skip, I doubt anyone. Else. Skip
0: the next like thirty seconds. <laughs> um, if you care about this movie. if you care about this movie, which
1: it's. Which we don't advise you to.
0: Sam Jackson is is a hitman who was hired by Luke Wilson's wife to kill him for the insurance money.
2: Oh. Oh.
0: When that's revealed, Luke Wilson doesn't believe it and then like fights him to defend his family. (laughs) So that (laughs) now that we're out of spoiler territory, let's get back to why this movie was terrible. Um Mm -hmm. Because the storyline, the storyline of it doesn't make a whole hot. It, it, it doesn't. It's just uninteresting. Like it's not that it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's uninteresting, and and things are happening so, for no reason.
1: Hold on, hold on. I'm going back to spoiler territory again. Oh, <laughs> <But> oh boy. <laughs> why would a Why would a hitman want to like pal around and get to know his target? Why wouldn't he just you know kill him?
0: <laughs> he says that. He, he saw something in him. Again, it doesn't make any sense. The whole Again, and that's why the whole time, the whole time I'm thinking, Sam Jackson, again, it has to be the devil. And then I'm trying to figure, as I'm watching the movie, I'm trying to figure, okay, if he's the personification of the devil, who's the personification of God? Right. And they keep going back to this little girl with a dog who has no speaking lines. Well, she has one line in the whole movie. Okay. Between her, like, Sam Jackson keeps staring at her, and he's mad at her, and, like, he rolls up at one point, and she's standing outside in the rain with her little dog, and they, he rolls the window down, and they just have a stare down, and he goes, and he says to her... I want
1: to see the movie
0: he, now! He says to this little girl, <laughs> nice dog, and she goes, he bites, and he goes, he just nods, and then drives off, and I'm like, okay, is she, is she God? is that the whole thing is she gone and she's like kind of watching over Luke Wilson's house yeah. and like that's cuz that would be kind of freaky or i thought Luke Wilson's imagining this is a Tyler Durden situation where Luke Wilson is imagining Sam Jackson but right. no they they show that that can't be true because other people are interacting with him so in the end he's just oh god yeah <laughs> in but the end he's just a guy he's just a guy he's just so a here guy. here's some of the things that just Drove me up a wall. He's
1: getting out of list here. I'm getting out of list. This movie of really bugged him.
0: Bugged the piss out of me. <laughs> First off, in the beginning... one of the things that bugs me in movies is when in the beginning of the film you the director or the cinematographer utilizes certain shots repeatedly. Okay. Certain types of shots and then abandons them about thirty minutes in. Okay. This one was the Usually it's like POV or quick cuts. This was, what I, I don't know the technical term for it, I always called it the fourth wall shot, where the character is staring directly into yeah. the camera. Okay. And that can be used, when you sparingly, that can be done to good dramatic effect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't do that in this film, you're just confused as to why it's happening, because it keeps happening over and over again. For the first, like, 15 minutes... And then they'd never go back to it again. Ugh. This movie constantly keeps trying to build drama where there is no drama, and suspense as well, and there is no suspense. Yeah. Everything feels incredibly over directed, and it feels like the actors were like being just yelled at by the director to em- the emote and to you know overact, mm-hmm. and it comes through like really bad. Like Sam Jackson when he overacts, like in um, Snakes on a Plane, where it's just hilarious to watch him right. purposefully overact. This movie goes beyond that at times, but it's trying to be, it's not trying to do it tongue-in-cheek, and it, it just drops the ball big time. This movie isn't a, a, an entire train wreck, but it certainly doesn't make any sense to me as far as why things are happening, why someone, like, Luke Wilson keeps getting back into the car with this guy. And I don't know why.
1: After he's done like all kinds At one
0: of point the dude kills sure. like three cops and a family and then rolls up to Luke Wilson dressed as a cop, at the cop he just killed, and Luke Wilson just gets into the car and starts driving, and then uh, Sam Jackson talks. Sam Jackson talks him into barreling through a police barricade. The cops are following them and they're convinced that it's all Luke Wilson for no other reason than well. He was there. <laughs> he must be the guy. <laughs> uh, so, all in all, this was 89 boring minutes until the very at last. This was only 89. The, until the last 10 minutes, where it finally comes out as to who Sam Jackson is, and I just wrote, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, the best kinds of twists. The ones yeah. that aren't really that surprising, but. Are surprising and just how yeah it,
0: awful how awful uh, they it are. Was, it was it was the it was the only shocking thing about the twist was how mediocre the twist was. <laughs> oh, instead <laughs> of what being geez. yeah, in, instead of being M Night Shyamalan of a twist, they went the exact opposite where you were expecting the M Night Shyamalan twist and it was like no, nope, just like, he's just, a we're a
1: just, we're just you thought it was going to be yank something interesting, chain. didn't you? Nope. It's totally unspectacular.
0: I could see where some people would like this film. I just I just didn't. I was bored.
1: Apparently, uh, not many. <laughs> yeah, not I looked it up like, later. Uh, 15% on yeah, that Rotten 15% Tomatoes. Yeah,
0: there. So. But, all right, let's move on to, to the meat oh, we'll of this episode. Oh, my rating? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I'll give it a 5 out of 25 uh, times that... Sam Jackson kills someone for no reason. That's the Mortal other thing. Brutality. For for a hitman who's trying to keep a low profile, he just he just murders people for no reason at all. <laughs> no reason at all. Or reasons that don't make it like one lady is Motherfucker cut me off No No lie, dude. That's one there's one part where a a woman is working like a counter and is rude to him. Yeah. And like later he comes out with like a bloody baseball bat and then like her trucker boyfriend hunts them down because he killed her apparently off screen. And I'm like, Why would he do that?
1: (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. It's just this movie sounds like someone watching like some good movies with Sam Jackson in them and thinking like oh man it'd be so badass if i just made him if i just like made samuel jackson like totally unleashed where he just totally like kill people for no reason for no reason That'd yeah be so awesome motherfucking snakes on this assassin's plane yeah it'd be the best movie ever and then it's just dumb cuz when there's no restrictions. The movie, there's the no movie point.
0: had potential. I mean, I could see where, like, the idea of a guy befriending a hitman who's out to kill him, or, like, a guy spending time with a hitman who's out to kill him, like, me, that
1: could be done well. Let me ask you something. Could this, is this a candidate for one of those trailer recuts where they make this into a fun buddy cop film? Um, or even like no, a... because
0: Sam Jackson is a dick to Luke Wilson the whole time. That's oh, the other thing really? is I don't understand. I guess because Luke Wilson's weak willed and not like he's just pushed around a lot. Yeah, Sam Jackson's an incredible. Even if he wasn't so it's being really a, not a buddy, badass, it's not
1: buddy buddy at all. He's just cruel to him. And yeah, he's for just whatever mean. reason Luke Wilson he's just hangs mean. around.
0: Now this movie again, this was a, a a good example of some trailer food because the trailer looked really good. Yeah and the movie just was bad so don't don't go see it um, but won't. let's get let's get to the movie i've been waiting to talk about oh. the 2003 just released in theaters right now evil dead
1: the remake
0: um, is it a remake not really or is it a reimagining I, I, or I does it exist it, in the same universe uh, yeah it's much All more of these a reimagining
1: questions. than anything evil dead
0: the movie that begs the question, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a box cutter knife? The answer uh, is one. Uh, oh, one why? incredibly long, why uncomfortable start with that? scene.
1: Why would you start with that? Because that was the whole time I'm thinking, just the
0: worst. man, that's awesome. This movie is, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I will go into why I loved it.
1: But seriously, though, you are you're a big fan of the Evil Dead movies. You're one of the huge, biggest fans that I huge know. Huge fan
0: so. of the Evil Dead films. i this film has gotten a lot of flack for reasons I cannot understand. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing a lot of people complain about this movie, and they are okay. going one of two sides uh, of complaining. Okay. One side is them saying this movie takes itself too seriously. This movie is <sighs> this movie is not a, a, a true to the uh, original Evil Dead because it takes itself too seriously. And but, my thought on that okay. is the first Evil Dead takes itself very seriously. Or at the least o-
1: pretty darn seriously. The
0: only, ca- the only camp value of the first original uh, 1984 Evil Dead, I believe mm-hmm. it was 84, is the, the only camp value of that film is due to a low budget. Yeah. This film, I feel, is closer to what Raimi would have done if he had a bigger a budget, big modern
1: budget. modern tech. Yeah.
0: Now, if this was a Evil Dead two remake, then absolutely it takes itself too seriously. Yeah. Then the other complaint I've been hearing is that this movie doesn't take itself seriously enough because at the end, at the end of the film, it gets pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, not yeah. funny ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's just pretty ridiculous.
0: But I I absolutely love this movie. Normally I don't love gory films. I don't like the gore doesn't bother me, but it, normally they're not done well. They're not scary. They're just gory. This was a film right. I felt that was both gory and scary. Definitely. So it I had mean... a,
1: it had gore and atmosphere, which I feel like is what the original Evil Dead is all about. Yes, it's about that pristine combination of gross out special effects, but with a purpose and with a context and an atmosphere that. That makes everything still genuinely horrifying. Whereas, like a a film like I don't know, what's a like hostile, like like hostile or something like that, where it's just carnage and it's just for the sake of carnage. You don't care about the characters, you don't care, but like there's nothing, no real, true good setup, and it's just whatever.
0: There were some slight things about this movie that I could see people complaining about that Mm -hmm. I would grant them. uh, One was the character development was practically non-existent.
1: Other than the sister and the brother.
0: Right, yeah. But again, I actually kind of like that because they didn't waste a whole lot of time on... They painted broad strokes of characters. Like, you got a sense of who the characters were without a whole lot of exposition. You're like, oh, he's obviously the hippie college guy who's going to translate the book. She's the nurse who thinks she's a doctor. She's the girlfriend. And in horror movies, I don't want my characters to be too (laughs)
1: in-depth. Too fleshed out. And and the only characters that they do spend a bit of time with are the ones that get the most screen time yes and interestingly enough one of them just happens to be like the primary villain basically without giving much away i mean
0: well the trailer gives that away that's
1: true which is uh, one of the comments that Played I Played by Jane
0: Levy, yeah. who plays uh, Maya.
1: Who does a great job.
0: Oh, an both, amazing job. Both
1: in her human form and her deadite form, or whatever the, you the, the, want the, to call them in this film.
0: The one thing that just blew me away with her performance is this this girl, woman, whatever, I don't know how old she is. This woman can portray the face of fear just beautiful that
1: scene towards the beginning where she's under the bottom part of a bunk bed i believe just and she's talking to her brother and i in thought, whispers dude,
0: in which just just terrifying
1: yeah i thought dude I, I i don't care who you are if you listen to someone talking like this you're gonna listen to him and take like i couldn't believe that his brother that at that point he wasn't like all right let's get out. out of here yeah
0: she she looked every time that she had to look look just horrified. She did it beautifully. Yeah. Um,
1: now I was I was uh, surprised at the development of her character because again, without we're not giving anything any, away, yeah, yeah, anyone anyone who's seen the trailers knows that she becomes a a deadite, basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, that like and, you know, that's given uh, away in the trailer. And um, but when I had heard about this film a year ago, when they were just talking about it, I don't think there were any trailers released or anything like that. I I had sort of asked the question or the question was asked like is like who's ash in this movie and the answer was there really isn't one but the protagonist like ash like figure is is like a girl yes and right away i um I knew that it would have to be this one because she was the one that was – she was the girl that was shown the most. Yeah. she was – if of any of the characters other than her brother, she would be the one that would be considered the protagonist. Right. But she spends most of the movie being a deadite and terrorizing Uh everyone and being like pretty much the source of terror.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So that threw me like aback because that's not Mm -hmm. what any of the Evil evil Dead's – I mean in the second one, Ash becomes a deadite for like maybe a cumulative three or four minutes. Yeah.
0: Most and, of the time, uh, he's just spent being the crazy, he's, but uh,
1: but yeah. like he's, but he's the still the hero. He's, yeah. he's still who you're relating to. This movie, within the first twenty minutes, this girl who kind of is presented as like the protagonist or the, oh, the person that you're going to yeah. be along with for the ride, turns totally fucking insane and evil. And yes. and you're like, what? Well, what do I do now? <laughs>
0: like, who do I latch what? on? Who do to? I cling yep. to?
1: Because anyone could die now or anyone is going to just turn evil. Um, yeah, so yeah. that was that was interesting.
0: This movie is certainly not for everyone. If you are at all at all squeamish. There are so many scenes where a normal film would fade would to black and cut to another scene, yep. they keep going.
1: They turn the lights on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. they they keep they keep the lights off. It's almost opposite where in most movies they you know they keep the lights on and then when the real horror happens they turn the lights off and they let your imagination take you. Right. To, the, this movie's the opposite where you're imagining like you hear there's a one there's one scene where a woman's in a bathroom and you hear a noise and it's completely dark and you think you're starting to imagine like what could be happening. And then they turn the lights on and show well, you, you know what's happening. you know what's happening
1: because she sees in a book what she's going to do.
0: Right, but you can't like you just think like no. No, they're not going to... They're not going to... She's not sawing her own face off no. with broken glass. No. Oh, wait, no. She is totally sawing her own face off with broken Spo- glass. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, again, I think that's in the...
1: Trailer. I don't think this is a there's in the There's so. There's so, like... Just so much
0: gore and...
1: Yeah, but it's not... Again, it's... It's... It's ramped up. It's not... It's not like it's a film so over the top. It's not like a film where where you're just inundated with it constantly and it becomes numb cuz you're just like, "Oh, well, who cares? This this movie's just out to gross me out. Who cares?" No, yeah. It starts out with I mean, okay, the beginning kicks you in the teeth a little bit just in the tone of it.
0: But uh, even that was more but it's
1: not, scary. It's scary, it's not yeah. gory. In terms of the gore content, it's pretty much uh, uh, uh a standard, like, increasing, exponential increase mm-hmm. through the film. You know, starts getting bad, oh no, oh no, and then in, like, the last, like, 15, 20 minutes, it You're just like, gets oh, ridiculous.
0: It gets ridiculous. There were a few minor plot points that I thought didn't work. I can't go into them, because it's, it's towards the end, and it would be a spoiler. Yeah, there's moment. one big one that I'm that Yeah, I'm we're thinking probably about. thinking of the same one with the surges in the battery. The what? Um, with the syringes and the battery, uh,
1: I was okay with that. It was a little bit of movie mojo. Uh, I'm actually thinking uh, one of the biggest plot discrepancies that I have is um, there is a character that 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 is that probably dies, but we're really not given a proper death scene.
2: I know, uh, I know what you're the, talking the about. Yeah, that's another part the that was a little rough. Just,
1: which they did have to make some extensive cuts to this movie because it yeah, was I originally that, yeah. too heavy for R. Yeah, so they did have to cut some things out, and, and I think that it, might have to do with
0: yeah, we might get that. I don't want to make excuses.
2: What could they have cut out?
1: <laughs> Given how much they left in, I'm I don't shocked. know. But yeah, I have no idea. I because don't know. But
0: this movie, this movie is quite possibly the most violent. Well, I don't know about the most violent, but most gory R I've ever seen. I've probably
1: seen worse, but... In an American film? Like, in, in American cinema? Well, yeah, I don't know. Because this movie, I mean... And the thing about it, too, is that it it has... It's got a lot of the little things. That that really mm-hmm. like sometimes sometimes little little things that n- might not seem like super bad like you know a, a rib cage exploding is ridiculous but it's also ridiculous but like someone and we've already mentioned this someone cutting their tongue down the blade of a knife is Again, just, shown in theater is yeah. just yeah. so especially ridiculous. especially
0: when that knife was being held up by someone to defend themselves against.
2: Yeah, because like, the whole
0: scene is she's the, 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 the girlfriend is holding this knife up in defense, right. and the <laughs> Jane Levy just grabs it and just licks it like a lollipop. Yeah, and it's like oh god. Yeah. It's... Why? Why is this happening? Why are they not cutting? Yeah, and they keep the camera on the whole time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, no. one thing I did want to say yeah, that love that I just blew me away—the soundtrack. Soundtrack the was soundtrack great. worked brilliantly to build suspense. One of the
1: one of the best beginning, the be, easily the best title intro oh, is yeah. uh, Cabin in the Woods, yeah, definitely. which is extremely similar. Definitely Despite the fact that Cabin in the Woods is more comedic. Yeah. Um, the,
0: it's pretty much the exact a, a very serious tone, the same way Cabin in the Woods opens up. This is the exact same thing. Yeah. Where it's just dialogue, dialogue and then out of nowhere, boom! boom. Vital card. <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. I remember when we saw that we were just kind of sitting in our seats, blown away, and you just kind of lean over, like, huh? huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, hey. hell yeah! Um, you see those? Those are goosebumps. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah. By the end of this movie, I had my hands like raised in the air and like exultation of how pleased I was yep. with how the film ends. I'm not going to give anything away about no, the ending, but no. the ending is great. There is a part of the ending that that I can't give away, but it it makes you realize that this movie does have some fun to it, despite its I serious tone, uh-huh. which yeah. is why I disagree with the people that say it's too serious, because it has an underlining of fun to it. Especially the fun last fun five
0: minutes. The last five minutes, there there are parts where you're like, yes. yes. <laughs> I, was, I remember laughing out loud at a scene that I shouldn't have been, but it was
2: so you know, over the
1: top. You know, it's... Uh, my big reservation with this film coming in is that I thought it would be I knew it was going to be ridiculous because the the trailer made it abundantly clear that it was going to be, but I didn't think it would be enjoyably ridiculous. Right. I thought it was going to be so so dark and so so gritty and gory that I'd just be sitting there like, but I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. It's it's still fun in the way that a horror movie should be fun. Right. Not that it's going for laugh out loud fun or anything like. No, this is certainly not like Army of Darkness. No. But it's still fun if you yeah. enjoy horror films it's fun yeah
0: this is definitely if, if if you're a horror fan this is a must see if you're an evil dead fan it's a must see oh and also stick through the the credits because the yeah. the stinger is absolutely great like it
1: is it's short and sweet it's, but it's very short
0: great. it's about what three seconds yeah, long that. and it, i i was more excited i have not been as excited in a stinger since the Avengers, yeah, uh, I was really happy for that stinger. So.
1: Yeah, the the really going back to what we said, what you said initially, like, is it a remake? Is it a reimagining, or is it a does pseudo sequel? Yeah, because it's uh, the same universe. Because Fede Alvarez, either well, Fed he, Alvarez know, or Fadid Alvarez. I know he's come out and said, you know is this... He's, like, sort of posed the question to the audience. Like, is this just, like, sort of a reimagining of the original movie, or is this a situation where this is, like, something that actually happens, like, 30 years after the fact? Because the beginning of this movie uh, almost gives you the idea that part of this movie might be a prequel. The initial Mm -hmm. scene could very well be a prequel to what you don't see in the original Evil Dead. Right. And then... Whatever takes place in this could actually be taking place, you know, decades after what happens in, in the original yeah. Evil Dead. Um, and going by what they what he and Raimi have said, that what they want to do... Raimi wants to continue his series. He, he wants to, to do an Darkness Army 2. of Darkness 2. They are... Almost definitely going to make a sequel to this, because it this, raked.
0: This, yeah, this raked in. This I mean, it's raked, opening weekend, and it blew to up to number one.
1: Yeah, this this raked in the cash, and I don't think it was terribly expensive to make. Um, I don't think so, no. So they want to make another one of these, maybe another one after that. And then the big plan, and they've said this, and I don't think it was meant to be a joke, is that they want to bridge the two series yes, together in like one final... Cornucopia of Evil Dead to end oh. all Evil Dead, and
0: I just, I just picture Bruce Campbell as old Ash, teaming up with uh, Mia, Jane, played by Jane, Jane Levy. Levy. I just get giddy with how oh, cool man. and fun and awesome that would be. The potential for this series, if they decide to go with how you were saying and do an Evil Dead two in like 2015. Like the potential for this is is just fantastic, and oh, yeah. could really, really just go beyond.
1: And you know what? I'm really excited to see how creative they get in the the story for a sequel to this. Because obviously, you can't really go the Evil Dead two route and just make it a similar story right. out in a cabin in the woods. Yeah, you're gonna have to sp- splice it up differently than than any of the previous Evil mm-hmm. Dead films. And I'm really interested to see how they would do that. I mean, obviously... That's going to be
0: hard. Yeah. That's going to be really hard to do. It's going to be a challenge.
1: But I'm excited for it. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I welcome a change of setting and a change of pace. And I, I think that they have a really good team together here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is the case of a film just succeeding because it had good source material. Because there were enough changes... I mean, aside from the setting and the general ideas... Most
0: of this uh, was original. A
1: lot of it's, yeah, completely yeah. original. There were the there were a presented. couple,
0: this is an example of a quality remake, uh, and of a movie that I felt didn't need to be remade. Right. Uh, they had just enough subtle throwbacks to the original movie, a couple nods, a couple hints to it, and then they pretty much kept everything else fresh. Fresh, yeah. yeah. I'd like to point out that I think it's hilarious that the original uh, Evil Dead got an NC-17 rating, <laughs> and this gets really? a rated R. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. This one's probably much worse. Oh yeah, much worse. Yeah.
0: So. All right. Well, let's let's get the the ratings, and then we're gonna wrap this up here. So, what what your 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 rating? What what do you think?
1: I'm gonna say forty two out of forty five cats in the cellar. Dead dead. Cat nice nice. In the there are probably about that. Many. <laughs> there were
0: probably about that many. Yeah. Okay, you took mine. Really? <laughs> I was gonna. That's be awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to do. Uh, I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, but I'm just gonna steal it. But you can use this. Okay. Um, however many um, rapey tree vines. Uh, no, I'm not. am not
0: going to use those. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No, we're totally sticking with the cats for you. All right. Um, I am going to do. Again, f- forty-two out of fifty.
1: Oh, I was at a forty-five. Oh, I'm sorry. My rating okay. Is higher. Okay, for, for 40
0: 42 <laughs> out of forty-five times that they change the name of the Necronomicon because I think it's been called something different in every movie.
1: <laughs> Does it have multiple names in this? Um, no, they call it the no. What do they call it in this?
0: I don't even. I don't even think it. The gave Book of the it. Book of the Dead. No, they don't. They don't call it the Book of the Dead in this one. I forget. What I don't they know, call
1: but. If anyone cares, this is a very, very, very minor spoiler. In the ending credits, after the final song plays, they actually have the full recording
0: that they used in, in Evil Dead. Is one? It, is it is Evil it Dead one? First okay. Evil Dead, yeah. Uh,
1: of the, uh, the 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 guy professor, the professor recording recounting it, yeah. it, which I thought was an
2: amazing was touch. Awesome.
0: So yeah, go go check it out. It's great. Okay, well that about wraps it up for this episode of End of the Critic. So, let you know, we're watching next week. We are going to be discussing uh, Oblivion, which comes out uh, tomorrow on the 19th. And the under talked about movie, John Dies at the End.
1: Hey, spoilers.
0: Yeah, the title is a spoiler John Dies at the End, which is not available on Netflix, but available on Blu ray and uh, direct TV on demand. Um, So, we're going to be discussing that film. So. Once again, we'd like to give a shout out to Ninjas vs. Podcast. Oh, yeah, um, give
1: us a shout out. To last- I was
0: going to watch a Steven Seagal film to pay their debt. They asked us to do a review of a Steven Seagal <laughs> film to pay for our. <laughs> did they plug. say any Steven Seagal? Even, film? Any, any Steven Seagal film. I have not seen a Steven Seagal film in years. On
2: Dangerous Crown. That's the best one ever. That's the best one ever. That's okay. the one where, he's it's on where the sh- guy comes out of the oil. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. It.
1: Nice. <laughs> What's the one where he's on a ship? That's like his most well reviewed. Is that it? Okay, that's
0: one of them. There's so many. Because I was thinking, uh, wasn't there one called? Oh Under? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I
1: have no fucking clue, but yeah, sure. Why not? Why not?
0: So yeah, check out Ninjas vs. podcast on the Eric trivia Podcast Network. Uh, also, check us out on the Facebook at Enter the Critic at facebook.com. dot uh, com, and uh, go ahead and like us there. You Give can also there, hear likes. us. You can also hear us on um, iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe, leave a rating, uh, leave a review. So, also want to thank Bobby Roberts for the use of our theme song on the Geek Remix albums. You can get them for free. I don't think I've mentioned that they're free to download at GeekRemix.com. There are three albums and some change, so you can check them out at GeekRemix.com.
1: Thanks to Chris's parents. For giving us constant support. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Klump, you're the best. Thanks, thanks for giving
2: Chris life. Thanks, <laughs>
1: thanks for giving him the gift of life. The most precious gift of all. Especially this podcast, because obviously it wouldn't be going on It would be bad. really quiet.
2: Half <laughs> the time.
1: Yeah. It would just be me and you talking, Parker, and you would just get sick of it after like two minutes. and then No, I'd...
2: I wouldn't be talking. You'd just be like, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Parker. Parker, right?
1: And then he just sits there. <laughs> all right. Oh, and thanks to my parents who don't listen. So.
0: All right, yeah. Thanks to Matt's parents who Matt has not told about this podcast for very <laughs> blatant willing, and obvious reasons. God
1: willing, they will never listen. Oh.
0: All right. Well, I'm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, all right, man, buddy. all
0: right. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you later.
1: Later.